0: You are listening to a Called Collective podcast where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at thecalledcollective.
1: What's up guys, this is Coffee and Calling where we just chat over
0: coffee. I'm one of your co-hosts, Isaac. I am no are out and thank you so much. Sit back, enjoy, and come along for the ride. We're done! <laughs> we are back, another episode, and
1: we have a part two. Is this like the first part two in Coffee and Col- I believe so. It is. Is this something that I've actually wow. I've
0: wanted to do for a while? But we
1: never had the perfect person. Well, this was perfect because, well, first of all, who do we have on? We have none other than Faith. And Squeak. Just Faith. Welcome back. But, hey, if you guys are jumping in on this one, this is part two. And if you have not listened to part one, go back and listen to it. What are you doing? Because at the end, she just dropped a bomb (laughs) on us and goes, and, yeah, I'm called the Uganda tour or something like that. And we're like, Okay, we need to unpack. (laughs) So that is what we are here to do. So Faith, thank you for joining us
0: again. I think Faith just wanted to be back on the podcast. So she's like, what can I do decisively to be back on the podcast?
2: That's it. Was that your motive? Yeah, that was totally it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm caught.
1: That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, we don't want to waste any time with this. Let's jump into it. Take us out how you came to this moment because I'm sure it wasn't just one day you woke up and like, I think I'm going to go to
2: Uganda.
0: Mm.
1: Casually. Just written on your
2: ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it starts at the age of I don't even know the age. Um, have you heard of Michael W. Smith? Yes. The man, the yes. myth, the legend. Okay.
1: The, yep. Yeah. That's so my uncle, he, actually. Oh. Oh. What? Now I'm playing.
2: <laughs> Why? <laughs> That'd be pretty sick. Anyways, um, Michael W. Smith came out with this album um, with the Ugandan um, children's choir. And I, it was my favorite album for, like, mm. still today, honestly. It's still, like, my favorite worship album. Um, and what really caught me was, like, oh, my gosh, they're worshiping in their own language. It's just this powerful, like, children's choir. Like, I just fell in love with this album. Um, that's when I first heard of Uganda. And I was like, that would be really cool to, like, be a part of that. So mm-hmm. on and so forth. Um, continue to live life. And I was like, okay, like, that would ever happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then um I took ethnodoxology my second year um at Iwoo. And um it's really the purpose of this class is to really pour into worship as a global aspect. Um, so worship as a cultural aspect, like pulling in different cultures from all around the world um together, unified for one purpose. Um And in the class, we actually take this test on like, I don't even know what it's called. So sorry, Emily Vermilia. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) it's just this test that really digs into um, our own understanding of global um, worship or where we are called to. Um, And so there's different like levels of like, you're called to do this in America. You're called to do this here and here and here. Um, And when I took the test, it was very evident in my test that I um, had a passion to be in missions. And to like really experience worship to the fullest um, beyond America. Um, And so that first gave me an, I don't know, like just the idea of like, oh my gosh, I could like immerse myself in a culture and become totally impacted by their worship. Mm. And then like, it wasn't even like, oh, I can go and like share the gospel. Like, yes, I can do that. That's totally a part of the mission. But it was more so like, how can I immerse myself in a culture completely and like learn this new aspect of worship that I had never witnessed before. Um, So following that class, I was like, okay, like, that's awesome. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Um, I don't know how I'm going to have money to do that, but we're just going to go on. So I lived life, Um, went on to like a couple more months. And I was like, I just kept praying over God, where are you going to send me? I don't know. Like, do I, am I going to do this? Or am I going to stay in America? I don't have money for a mission, so on and so forth. Um, And I just kept praying and praying and, one night in particular, I just felt like the need to just pray over it again. And I was like, "Okay, hey God, like, show me where you want to go. Um, I woke up in the morning and the verse of the day was, um, go out into the nations and, and baptize in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I was like, that's probably just a coincidence. I kept checking my notifications and I got a message on Facebook from this pastor in Uganda. And I was like, okay. Um, I got okay, listen, I got some weird whack messages on Facebook from a whole bunch of different people. And so I still get them today. And so I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's just a random person. So I checked it and it was like, hello, sister Faith. Um, I wanted to reach out, and if you ever feel called to Uganda, we have a place for you. Jeez. And I was like, Oh,
1: okay.
2: oh my god. I was like, Okay. Um <laughs> Lord, I'm gonna need another sign.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's just a coincidence. That's just a
2: coincidence. I don't know about that. Um <laughs> And so I was like, okay, I'm going to like look up this guy. And like, I looked up his Facebook and it was like, he works in an orphanage and he runs this church in Uganda. And, um, so I messaged him back and I was like, hello, like, um, thank you for reaching out. Like I'm so, he said in his uh, message that he's been praying for me. Um, I have no idea who this guy is, but he Mm. was like, I've been praying for you. And so I said, thank you so much for your prayers. Um, I actually feel like I am called into missions and thank you for reaching out to talk about Uganda and so on and so forth. Um, and he just kept sending me messages of, like, pictures of the orphanage, pictures. He said, this is my wife. We would love to host you. And it was, like, I don't know. That made it more real because he was sending me, like, pictures of his wife and his kids. And I was, like, okay, so this guy is actually wanting to, like, I don't know, not just, like, reach out and say, hey, what's, yeah. how's it going? But he was actually, like, inviting me into um, pot- potentially this experience in Uganda. Um and so I was like, okay, that's awesome. Um, but still, I was like, God, I don't know. I still have no idea like how I'm gonna get there. So like, still today, like I don't know what organization to go through. I don't know what time of life I'm about to get married. Um, and so I did. I did ask Seth. It was like I don't even know how far we are in our relationship. Who, who but, is Seth? Uh, Seth Strand. He is my fiance. Hey. Fiance. Yeah. Fiance. Yep. He's amazing. Say. But I, I asked him and I was like, so <laughs> how do you feel about Uganda or like going on a missions trip or like even staying long term? And he was totally on board. Wow. Um, and so that was something major for me because I was like, my future husband has to either be on board or um, otherwise it's not going to work because I feel so called to this and I'm not going to let this go. Um, and so we've had that discussion. And so neither of us know how long or when. Um but then like, even after that year, it was like last year when I, I hadn't been thinking about my call to Uganda for a while. I was just kind of living life, um, um, as a ministry student. And I was like, Oh, my call is to like worship so on and so forth. But I hadn't really thought about back on, um, my call to Uganda. And I went to a Maverick city concert and at the end they had like this food for the hungry, like sponsorship. Um, and they had like, thousands of children that you can pick from for, like, hundreds of nations, like, hundreds of nations, and um, I just, like, felt like this, like, call to, like, sponsor a child, and so I went down, grabbed my pamphlet, went back to my seat, and I checked it, and it was this little boy from Uganda um. that I had grabbed.
1: <laughs> you didn't even, like, check. It was no, just No,
2: I didn't check. They just handed it to me. Wow. Out of all of the pamphlets, and I like checked through, and I was like, "Okay, how many how many Ugandan children are out there?" And I just kept checking, like through the pamphlets that you could grab, like if you missed it the first time, like when you're headed out, and it was like all these different nations, and I didn't see Uganda once, and I was <laughs> like, "Oh my god, Co- coincidence!
0: It's yeah. a coincidence."
2: And so it's like God keeps giving me these like things of like, "You remember me? You remember that time that I called you Uganda? Like, yeah, I'm not done with that. Like, yeah, <laughs> you can't wow. forget about that." Um. And so I don't know, it's just this constant reminder of God's plan for me. And although I have no idea what that's going to look like, um, I I have to keep going back to that and remember that I have to be available to God when I'm considering all these different things in my marriage and all these different things that will play into that. Um, But God has just really taught me that (laughs) if I continue to remember my calling and continue to remember those miracles, like those are miracles the way he revealed himself to me. Um if I forget that, then I'm gonna miss out on this. I don't know mm-hmm. what the experience is gonna look like. Maybe there's a part three in like five years. <laughs> but I yeah, I have like no idea how it, what it's gonna look like. But I I know that I have to continue to be available to him because he has clearly revealed that to me. Um so yeah, that's wow. my little wow. snippet.
0: Isaac, uh, you can like speak into that too, because you went to Costa Rica last year. Yeah.
1: Time. Yeah. Feeling I mean, like, relating a lot to your to your story and to your call and things like that. The Lord just keep on, like, bringing up stuff. And he's like, yep, this is mm-hmm. it. This is it. This is it. And not knowing, I don't know for you, not knowing, like, how long you'll be there. Yeah. You know? Because I think it seems more like a trend that um, to get rid of this messianic kind of ideology mm-hmm. and missions of, like, going for, like, life. Yeah. You know, with organizations and stuff like that. It's to go there and to help them be, like, self-sustaining themselves. Yeah. you know. Um, but one question I have for you is, is it terrifying for you? Is it scary? <laughs> the little whimper. And, like, dive
2: into that. Like, yeah. if
1: it is scary, how has it, it been wrestling with that, with Seth, just yourself, yeah. with God?
2: Yeah. So when I first got my call, like, during that time when um, that guy reached out over Facebook, so on and so forth, I wasn't with Seth. Um, and I was thinking about like, okay, as a single woman going to this country with this guy who reached out on Facebook to host me, I'm like, that's, that's a scary thing to think about. (laughs) So I wasn't necessarily on board right away. And I was like, okay, I'd rather, I'd rather find an organization, so on and so forth. But then still it was like, I don't want to go alone. Like I, and I guess that's when Seth plays into the part and like, I could have done it alone. Like. I mean, obviously as a single woman, there's so much you can do alone. And sometimes it's even better to do mm-hmm. it alone when you're going to missions trips or staying long-term. But my fear was like, I want to experience this with someone and I want to have this because something happens when you go on. I've never been on one, but I know that when you go on a missions trip, like your entire world is just like opened and God reveals himself to you in ways that like you would have mm-hmm. never experienced here. Um, and so I was just thinking about, it. I was like, I want. I want my future husband to experience this with me because when I come back I'm going to be changed. Mm. And so it was definitely scary in that moment because um I <laughs> I don't know what Uganda's like. Um I don't know what Africa's like. I've never been outside of the country, so my first experience outside of the country to be that was a little frightening. Um and I think that's why I just kind of shoved it off to the side so many times because I was like that's too much to handle right <laughs> now. Um and so, yeah, I would say it was definitely, it definitely is still scary. And like to think about, cause I do feel called long-term, however that might look. And that to me is scary that I don't know how long and um, separation from family and yeah. just like, I don't know, you can't just get a phone call and get catched up and you know kind of be a part of life here like that's like a full commitment into a completely different life so Mm -hmm. it's still scary today yeah um
1: how does your does your family know about it yes how does your family feel about that with that conversation with you
2: yeah um (laughs) we don't we haven't really talked about it much but i think i didn't share it because it was something like for me was just kind of sacred in that moment of like once i don't know to me once I share something, it makes it more real. And it also to me in that moment, I knew that that was between me and God and that the time hadn't come for me to really, truly share that. Um, and so it wasn't until I got the child, um, for my food for hungry that I was like, I should probably tell them because like, (laughs) this is insane. Um, and so that winter break, I went back and I shared with them like all these different moments that God had been revealing it to me. Um, and I'm Pretty sure like my mom got emotional and she was just like this is so awesome like mm-hmm. um obviously they're also like i don't know i don't know when you're gonna go like long term are you are you sure but <laughs> um but i know that they're also gonna back me up in that um but it is something that i have to continuously be in communication with them about because i don't want them to miss out on this amazing revelation of god yeah. that has been and so I definitely felt, I felt bad that I hadn't mentioned like all the different scenarios leading up to that. Cause it was like, oh, so fun fact <laughs> for the last like year and a half, like God has been revealing this, but um they definitely are just excited to see how God works in that. um And just like how, like for me right now, like I know you experienced it. It's like, I don't want to be in America. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to be in America, like love America, but like I want what is, what is to come. And yeah. I'm so excited for that. And I think They'll get on board eventually once I have the details. But I think right now they are in that stage of like, okay, like this is kind of scary. I don't know about my baby going exactly. to Uganda. It's like so. the
1: logical side too. Yeah. They, they yep. know they know how like it's not just, oh, I want to go there and you go there. You have right. to have a plan. Yep. Many times for missionary, it takes like, okay, this established. Let's take like a year and a half to raise funds for that. You right. know what I mean? So it's yeah. like a long process. Yeah. And it's like, we just want to go. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. We right. just want to go. And so I think my, my question to you is how do you live in that tension right now mm-hmm. where it's my desire is to go, right? Yeah. And God honors that. He's like, I'm so happy that you, you want to mm-hmm. go and want to do this, but you're here. Yeah. And you might have a couple more years here, yeah. you know, or even more. You mm-hmm. know, we don't we don't know when we're going to be going. You don't yeah. know when you're going to be going to Uganda. Mm-hmm. You know that's going to happen, but when? Up to God. Right. And so how do you wrestle with al- almost the like now but not yet? of thing that we've talked about before yeah being present here but also preparing for there in a sense
2: yeah i guess in my current stage of life um it's something that it's kind of cute when like when seth and i are meeting with residencies or whatever like he always brings it up and is like how are you guys in missions um and just kind of preparing for wherever we're set in a church we want them to be like strongly like connected to the global church Mm -hmm. um And so that's definitely something that I'm looking into right now is, like, the church that I want to be a part of has to be a part of missions in some way. Um, And it's actually cool. Like, recently, um, our friend Katie is actually going to be on a missions trip this summer in Nicaragua. And she actually invited us to be a part of that. And she was like, it's just a great first, like, missions experience. And so I know that although, like, my calling is Uganda, I know that there's also preparation that can take place. Because, like, that would be a lot if I just, like, bang, like I'm Mm there. And like, um, so I know that there's preparation that needs to take place. And I know that these next couple of years, instead of taking the backseat and like, well, we don't have every detail figured out for Uganda. I know that there's also opportunities for me to become immersed in culture in different ways so that when I am set in Uganda, that I have that, the more of that strength, the cultural strength and the understanding of what it is to actually be in a different country. Um, and so I don't know if Nicaragua is going to work this summer. I mean, I'm getting married, but I also know that there's, <laughs> but I also know that there are things that I can do to prepare myself for that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it is, I mean, it's like a completely different, it's a culture shock, right? It's a completely different change. Um, and so also like stepping into diversity and in worship, like I try to reach out and just see like, okay, what is worship like in Uganda? Mm. Um, I know that they're very expressive. They're very spiritual And so for me, it's like diving into that or even looking at the language there or looking at um, different things in the culture that I can get my like acquainted to. So when I'm there, I can bring like, I don't know, just this passion for bringing in the global church, not just Uganda, not just America, but like, how can I really engage in their worship together? Um, I don't know. If that
0: makes sense oh yeah that does <laughs> i've i've been in nicaragua oh really i was in sixth or seventh grade so Dang. like it's at that age where you don't really know anything but mm-hmm. you think you do yep and <laughs> looking back on it like very forming especially culturally because yeah i just didn't realize don't drink the water like and i was like my whole life i've been taught drink mm-hmm. water like stay hydrated yeah not in nicaragua mm-hmm. a coke is what goes a lot better <laughs> than water and yeah It's something I didn't understand Mm -hmm. and being in sixth and seventh grade, I was just there for an experience and I didn't understand the culture. I didn't understand the language. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand anything, but it was still so forming. Yeah. And I guess that makes me wonder, like when it comes to Uganda, like you're called there. How much like extra research have you done? or have you done any?
2: I have done. Okay, research. okay. I will be honest. When I first got my call in Uganda, I I looked up images. Cause I was like, where am I going to be staying? Like, is it, pretty? <laughs> <laughs> is it
1: pretty?
2: I was like, is that's... it pretty? Cause I mean, I live in Montana. I was like, do they have mountains? Do they have river? Do they have that's like, something. and so I will say when I first got called, I was looking at like, okay, is it pretty? <laughs> but obviously like, that's not the main point. And at the that's not going to be what's going to keep me away from there. Either way I'm going. Um, but other than that, like, other than the books that we read for ethnodoxology or, like, even the books we read for Mission and Witness of the Church, when we, like, I chose, like, Africa both of those times because I was, like, I really want to dive into mm. um, their roots in Christianity. Um, but Uganda specifically, I will admit, <laughs> I haven't done nearly as much research as I should be doing. Um, but I know that a little just glimpse of their roots. And I do know that they do have strong churches there. um, And that they're very um, connected to orphanages or hospitals. um, And they're really in with like, um, I don't know, taking care of each other and also very expressive worship. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that there's a lot more that I have to learn in order to be fully prepared for Uganda. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, it's also like, you're never going to be like really Prepared, you know, we can do all we can here, but to get in that culture, to get to get there with the people face to face, you know, there's going to be a lot there. But it's like you're called. Mm -hmm. God has obviously said it's like who 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 can I send? Who will I send? And you're like, here I am. Yeah, send me. He's like, yeah, I will. You know, (laughs) so okay. So it's that yes story, and it's I don't need all the pieces. Yeah, I'll go. That's almost like clear to me when somebody's like, how do I know if God's calling me to this? I was like, does it scare you? Yeah. Like, are you just like, I I can't lean on my own resources, right. my own gifts, all these things for this to happen. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure you've have felt the same yeah. way. Like, how am I going to do this? Yeah. And it's like, no, God's gonna do it. That's exactly why he wants you right. to do it. Why right. He wants exactly. you to go. He wants to teach you, but then also use you there, you know? Yeah. Um, but with your with your cause, we talked about on part one, um <laughs> Check it talking out. about that and getting here and all this stuff and you see this progression. And now for God to be like, Yeah, we're going to start going to Uganda. And it's almost like on a different trajectory than you thought at first. Yeah. So with with the time that we have left, to those people who are wrestling with their calling and maybe even in this scenario where they're like, I thought I was going this way, but now God's doing this. Yeah. What is something that helped you or that you look back and God has taught you Mm. through this growing of your calling? Yeah. That you would love to just like give to people listening that you've, that God has taught you from this.
2: Yeah. Oh, so much. yeah, um <laughs> um the first thing that honestly came to mind was actually stuff that I've been learning from my parents. Um my dad like I grew up with a dad who was very faithful to the Lord even when it was scary. Um so when we lived in Oregon we, he, when he got called to Sioux Falls, he followed. And when we lived in Sioux Falls and we're sent in Sioux Falls and he got called to Montana, he followed. And um It was like time after time, I'd be like, dad, why? Like, why are you doing this? And it was like, because I'm available to God and I'm not here to live a life that is, um, that financially makes sense because we had like no money to move to Montana um, and nothing that necessarily makes sense with like, oh, I have people in Montana. We had nobody in Montana. And it's like, regardless of what we see as comfortable or as reasonable, like what God is going to draw us to is not going to make any sense most of the time. Um and so when I I mean I have my calling to worship obviously and being with like youth and like really pointing to them and just because I have that calling does not mean that I can't be called to Uganda as well and I think that I don't know if there, I've learned anything it's just being available to God and that I don't know when we are called to one thing it doesn't necessarily take away from being available to God in the future and bringing us to different places or expanding our calling. Because I have no idea how my time in Uganda is going to even shape my call to ministry or my call to youth, you know? And so I think that God is going to keep preparing you and growing your calling as you grow more mature and as you, because if God called me to Uganda when I was in middle school or high school, I would have been like, no, there's (laughs) no way. Um, And so I think that God continuously hands things over to you when you are faithful. And I think that, that can be a scary time and um but it's just like when you are faithful he's gonna continue to bless you and continue to um rely on you to do the things that he is calling you to do Mm. and so along with that like just continue to be faithful and be willing to sit in the unevenness and like right now i have no idea what that means (laughs) Mm. i love it i love how it's looking (laughs) right now but i also am like i don't know the details And so just because I don't understand that doesn't mean that I'm going to be crippled by that, that I don't pour into this calling right now. Mm -hmm. It means that I'm looking forward to that and I'm considering it when I consider residencies or churches. Um, And so I would say, like, just be available to God and be faithful with what he's handed you. Because once you're faithful with that, he's going to continuously bless you and continuously grow into um, that calling that you are actually called to do. Mm. Um, so yeah,
1: that's so Mm. good. I just hear over that, like what Dr. Morgan talked about one Mm -hmm. time on the podcast, you know, just being faithful, obedient, available, you know, it's all that. And it's not, it's, it's that tension again, though, where we want to focus on like, Oh, what does God have us in the future? Yeah. right. Cool. You can have a plan, but he's going to set your steps, you know, he's going to, he's going to establish your feet. Mm -hmm. And I think like with the word being a lamp to our feet, it shows the next step. And he just is like, focus on the next one. Focus on the next one. Yeah. And many times if if you searching out the call from God, right, on your life causes you to be paralyzed or your your faith to not be active where you are now, yeah. then it, you're not going to find out. Yeah. You need to walk in obedience now. Yeah. And as you walk in obedience, he'll reveal it to you. I remember someone giving me like this like image. of are like, what's easier to turn to like change the direction? A moving car or a stopped car? <laughs> and I'm like. A moving car, you can't change the direction of a stopped car. And he's like, "Exactly, start moving. Yeah, start walking in obedience. And if he needs to change you, he will. If he wants you to go this way, he'll be able to as you move. And so walk in obedience. I hear that all over your story. It's so good.
0: So I was when when you were sharing like your piece of advice, I got this idea of of how we often like to idolize the call, Mm -hmm. and then yeah, yeah, we get the call from the Lord, especially for those that like to plan, which me. Like God says, Hey, this is this. I remember freshman year, this is your calling, right? Yeah. And I had held on to it so firmly mm-hmm. that when I felt a prompting for something to change, I was like, No, uh uh-uh. uh. You told me what I'm gonna do. That's what I'm doing, God. Right. And God's like, I don't want to take away mm-hmm. or change your calling. I want you to simply surrender it. Yeah. Cause it is not yours. I have yeah. given it to you. So for those that like to plan and, like, for example, if you were to, uh, stuck in your ways and saying, uh, not going to Uganda, you already called me somewhere like yeah. to something different.
2: Right.
0: God God has his own way of changing in everything. So as long as we surrender and have open hands and be faithful, available and mm-hmm. obedient, like who knows what will happen, but it's going to be good
1: because right. God's yeah. leading it. Yeah. So good. So good. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. That's so fun to talk about, <laughs> especially like, I don't know. I mean, you can like, you can read obviously because we all like are listening to what the Lord's doing, but just hearing now <laughs> your story and like, I hear it in mine, you know, seeing that and relating with someone where it's like, yeah, there's fear. There's, it's it's scary, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. We appreciate you. Absolutely.
2: Thank you for having me again.
0: Absolutely. And (laughs) she didn't drop any bombs this time. So there won't be a part three.
1: (laughs) Part three, maybe in like
0: five years.
2: Five years. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, But for all those that are listening, if you are somehow finishing this episode and you haven't listened to part one, what are you doing? <laughs> go to part 1. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you Faith yeah. for for being here. I know we have a busy schedule. So yeah, we got more coming out. Stay tuned. Adios. Adios.
1: We'd also like to take a second to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Wesleyan University for using their facilities. We want to thank the Call Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Call Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Thanks for listening again and taking time in your day to have the chance to be formed by the conversations we have over coffee. See you guys next week.